I want us to look at several portions of Scripture today, and uh, they will provide the background or basis for our remarks. Let's start in, first of all, in the ninth chapter of Matthew's Gospel. The ninth chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Praise God, the ninth chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Now, I want you to notice the 35th verse first, Matthew 9, 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Now, notice that. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Doing what? Teaching. Teaching in their synagogues. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Or another translation said every kind of sickness and every kind of disease among the people. Now then turn to John's Gospel. We'll read first from the 14th chapter, and then we'll turn back to the 5th chapter. We'll read first from the 14th chapter of John's Gospel. Here Jesus said in the 12th verse, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now then, I want you to turn back to the uh, fifth chapter of John's Gospel. The fifth chapter of John's Gospel. Chapter 5, the Gospel according to St. John. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these, that is these five porches, lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, saying, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, 
take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. In uh, one lesson we, well, a series of lessons, we, we talked about the fact that there are seven methods of receiving healing through the Word of God. And we discussed all seven of those methods. But you'll find that these seven methods, one or more of them, and sometimes certain ones of them, will really come under two headings. Now you remember the text there in uh, John 14, where Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you the works that I do, he that believeth on me. That's talking about all of us. You believe on him? Do you believe on him? Well, now it's talking about you then, isn't it? I said, isn't it? Talking about me, talking about you. See, isn't this talking about preachers here? The works that verily, verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Well, now then, of course, if we're a, if we're going to do the works he did, we have to know how he did them. You'll find that they come under two headings. Now, first of all, because Jesus is anointed by the Holy Ghost, remember Acts 10, 38? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And so first, because of the anointing of the Holy Ghost, then you see, you have the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And uh, for instance, here at this pool of Bethesda is a good illustration of that. First of all, it, it, you see, it tells us about the fact that uh, an angel came down from heaven and troubled the water. See, God, that was just simply a miraculous operation. You see, uh, the, the Holy Spirit, in working out here apart from individuals, now, for instance, like that angel came down, that's a demonstration, a better way to say it, of God's power. The same thing manifested through spirit-filled human beings is a manifestation of the Spirit. Still the same Spirit, isn't it? Same Holy Ghost. See, God is a spirit. Well, now, why did God do that? You see, here, here's five porches. In fact, the Bible said there's a multitude of people under those five porches. Tall, main, blind, so on and so forth. And an angel comes down at a certain season. In other words, we'd say it this way in our common lingo, an angel ever so often. See, he didn't come on any kind of a schedule. If he did, there wouldn't be any need of being out there every day. They'd know he's going to be there Thursday, the second Thursday of every month. So uh, the place would be empty always except then. But no, it seemed like it just, uh, you know, uh, spasmodically, so to speak. You'd, so they're there every day because he might come that day and trouble the water. Well, now, I don't know. It just said the angel troubled the water. I don't know angels at times, and, and, and nobody knows for sure here, as God wills, had the power to uh, 
transformed themselves into a seen body where you could see them. They looked like a human. Remember Paul writing one time said to, to the church, he said, uh, be careful to entertain strangers. Well, if a stranger came by your house, you, he'd just look like any other person. But he said, thereby many have entertained angels unawares. So it seems that they had the ability at times as God wills to be able to, to, to be seen like, like I can see you. And yet the word of God teaches us that the angels are here in this service this afternoon. Doesn't it? I don't see a one of them, do you? Unless God would open my spiritual eyes because they are spirits, aren't they? To where we could see into the spirit realm and, and he does sometimes and he has with me a few times when I was praying and, and in the spirit and I, and I saw him. And others have. And yet whether I see them or not, I know because the Bible said so, they're here. And then not only that, but I know that the Bible said the angels of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. So they're not only in this service, but uh, they encamp around about me everywhere I go. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. They see, when you know the truth, that's the reason you don't get disturbed about a lot of things. Like I used this illustration one time, a lady said to me in one of the meetings, we were closing on Sunday night in another western state, and actually in Phoenix, Arizona. And, and this lady said to me, said, Brother Egan, an, an older lady, she said, will you promise me that you'll just pray for the next two days and night, or two nights and one day at least, uh, all, just, just constantly for me? No, I said, I won't promise anything like that. Because I'm not going to pray constantly because I'm going to sleep part of the time. <laughs> Amen. <That's right. laughs> and then I'm going to eat part of the time. I probably wouldn't be praying while I'm eating. You know, I, I like to think about while I'm eating. You know, I just, you know, you could pray, I guess, to yourself or on the inside of yourself and eat. But you don't do that too often, do you? And I said, no, I'll, I won't promise you that I'll pray for you constantly for the next two days and nights. Or two nights and day or whatever it was. Besides that, uh, I, I'm not going to just pray for somebody and not know what I'm praying about. You know, people say, now, well, pray for me. Well, a lot of times I ask them, what for? They'll look at you sort of blank light and say, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, if they don't know what you're praying for, how would they know whether they ever got it or not? I mean, whether your prayer was ever answered, you know. So, and you know, the majority of the time, a lot of, there's a lot of waste motion. You know, it's just wasted in these areas. So I said to the lady, I'm not going to promise you that, but what is it you wanted, you know, what particular, you know, what did you want to pray? What, what is it you, know, you want prayed about? What is it? Well, she said, I hate to tell you. You see, that's, that's a dead giveaway she knows is wrong. I mean, you know, I mean, you know. Well, I said, what is it? Well, she said, now, you know, I, and I didn't know, but anyway, I didn't since she said, you know, and told me. <laughs> She told me how old she was. And you see, she was in the vicinity, well, so, well, in her early 70s, actually. And she said, I'm afraid to uh, travel by automobile. I don't know why, but it just scares me to death to get in the car. You know, she said that so many people are being killed on the highways, and people being run over. She said, I don't guess really I'd ever get out of the house. 
except I know or to come to church. Now, she's a member of this full gospel church, saved, baptized, and the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. And, you know, and again, she said, you know, well, I really didn't know it until she told me. But she said, I make my home with my son. And he's received the baptism of the Holy Ghost here during your meeting. And I, I knew her, who her son was and knew that he had. And she said, well, I really didn't know she lived with it. She said, I don't ever get out of the house. I never go buy groceries. I never go buy clothes. My daughter-in-law does that. The only time I ever get out of the house is when we I know her to come to church. So I, I but said, I just come in fear. Well, I said, you know, I mean, uh, the Lord don't want you that way. Well, I know that, but here's what I want you to pray about. She said, now my son's getting his vacation the next two weeks. And we're going to leave Phoenix, Arizona and go down to Georgia. And, uh, and I'm going, she said, you see, my mother's still alive. She's over in her 90s. You see, she can't come here somewhere around 90 years of age. And she can't come here because of her age. And this is probably the last opportunity to ever get to see her alive. And said, uh, you know, I, I, uh, there's just no other way to get there except going to the car. You know, sure, of course, she, if she's afraid to travel in the car, you know, she's doubly afraid to travel in the airplane, you know. And so there's just no, you know, I, I wouldn't go. I just wouldn't go. But I want to see Mama at least one more time, you know. And so uh, we're going to drive. Just she said, both my, my, my son and, and, and his wife drive. And so we're just going to drive straight through so we'll have longer to spend with the people, you see. We're not going to stop, you know, drive day and night, you know. And so I just want you to pray that, uh, and she began to cry, you know, that the Lord will go with us and the Lord will be with us. I said, now what in the world would I want to do that for? He's already said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You know, so many times things that we're praying about, the Lord's already said is ours. Praying don't make it ours, believing the Bible makes it ours. Amen. Claiming the promise makes it ours. Are you following me? I said, the Lord's already said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll go with you always, even to the end of the world or the end of the age. Yeah, I know that. I've read that. I said, not only that, but I said in the 34th Psalm, the Bible said, the angels of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. The angels of the Lord, I said, are just encamped around about you. I said, I travel in those days. I traveled by car exclusively all the time. And I said, I never do pray to the Lord to be with me. I said, I always just say, well, Lord, thank you because you're with me. Glory to God. I know you're with me. Praise the Lord. And then when I get in the car, I said, well, I thank God the angels are all around me here. One on every fender. Praise the Lord. You can't see them, but they're riding them. One in front of the car, one behind it, one on each side of it. Come on, angels, let's go. Glory to God. And, and so I just go shouting, praising God, rejoicing, not begging and crying. Maybe God will be with me, maybe he won't. The angels of the Lord encampeth around about them. I don't see a one of them, but they're there. The Bible said so. Now, you know, here, here, here's a, a good Christian woman, saved, baptized, Holy Ghost, speaks with other tongues, member of full gospel church, heard a lot of truth preached, but hadn't believed any of it. Yeah, yeah. She said, I know, I know, Brother Hagin. I know, I know all them scriptures are in there all right, but said, you know, you never can tell what might happen. <laughs> well, now, you see, you can't take sides against the Bible and get it to work for you. You've got to side in with it. 
Well, now, what's that got to do with healing? Same thing. You can't take sides against what the Bible said about healing and get healing to work for. You've got to side in with it. Praise the Lord. You understand that? But anyway, we're talking about angels, you see. And so here an angel came down to trouble this water. Well, now, I don't know whether they could see the angel. Probably couldn't. Probably just couldn't see anything. It, it may have been that they just saw the water somewhere or another boil up or troubled water. You know what I mean? It was just somewhere or another. Uh, that angel, you know, uh, splashed it around a little bit, evidently. And so they knew then that the first one in, first one that got in the water got healed. The Bible said they got healed. So they did. They got healed then, didn't they? First one in. Now, this is a demonstration. God will. He'll, he'll just demonstrate every once in a while his power. Trying to get people to believe. And so the first one in. And you know, no requirements. No requirements upon them. No requirements, whatever. It didn't say the first saved person that got in got healed. And if they wasn't saved, no matter if they did get in, they wasn't healed. No. Saved or unsaved. First one got in the water, got healed. Man or woman, first one in, got healed. Boy or girl, first one in, got healed. Rich or poor, the first one in, got healed. Pretty or ugly, first one in, got healed. Amen. That's right, isn't it? That's the only requirement. That was the only requirement. Well, now, I don't understand all about that. Do you? But it's in there, isn't it? I believe it, don't you? I believe it because it's in the Bible. Now, you see, I said that to say this to you. You'll never understand all about the sovereignty of God. I mean, you couldn't understand all about him anyway. With your little old peanut brain, how would you ever figure him out? Amen. But yet, a lot of people are like these folks. They're sitting, waiting for God to manifest himself from one another or demonstrate his power. And he does, occasionally. But did you notice that didn't work for the, for the whole multitude? That just worked for one person out of the multitude, just one person at a time? Now then look at it from this angle also. Jesus came here to that same pool. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. And Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. How did he know it? Well, because he's anointed by the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost revealed it to him. He saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered and said, Sir... I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in to the pool. But while I'm coming, another step is down before me. Jesus saith unto him, now I want you to know that Jesus didn't pray for him. Jesus didn't touch him. Jesus didn't preach to him. Jesus didn't take time to teach him. He just said to him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked and on the same day was the Sabbath. Now let's go on reading. 
The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day, it's not lawful to thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then they asked him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was. Now notice, he that was healed wist not, that is, he did not know who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away. A multitude being in that place. And afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Now there's some important thoughts here. That man's the only man that got healed out of that whole multitude. On this occasion at least. Isn't it? I said, isn't it? Because it said that when the man was healed, the Jews, you know, asked him who, you know, they saw him carrying his bed on the Sabbath, you know, and he wasn't supposed to do that, you know. And they said, you know, you, you know, you, that's unlawful. Some people think more of a day than they do of helping people. Religious ideas. Oh, man, they'll really fight for religion, but they wouldn't for Jesus. Wouldn't try to help anybody, you know. But, uh, but when it comes to religious ideas, well, they'd really, they'd really stand for them. And so the Jews, you know, of course, they, uh, they said it's unlawful you carry your bed on the Sabbath. When it said, he that made me whole said to me, take up your bed and walk. See, Jesus didn't just make him whole. He told him to do it. Jesus, the son of God, told him to carry his bed on the Sabbath day. Didn't he? Well, they said, who was it? Who is it that told you to do this? Well, they said, I don't know who he was. For it said Jesus had conveyed himself away. A great multitude being out of him, he just stepped away in the crowd. Isn't that right? I said, isn't that right? Now, now you see, uh, here, I want you to see something here. Remember, remember there in Acts 10, 38, it said, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. That's the first part of the See, because he's anointed with the Holy Ghost, then the Holy Ghost is manifesting himself in his and through his ministry. Now, you know how the Holy Ghost manifests himself. There in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, the Bible talks about these manifestations. That's what he calls it. it. said, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. We call them gifts of the Spirit. They're also called manifestations of the Spirit. Or we could say it another way, the gifts of the Spirit are manifested. And so, uh, you know, he, he, Paul lists them there. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, to another word of knowledge by the same Spirit, so on. And, uh, you know, discerning the Spirit, to three revelation manifestations, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning the Spirit. And then the three power manifestations, uh, the gift of faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healings, then prophecy. 
Now, there are two added after Pentecost. That's tongues and interpretation. But you don't see tongues and interpretation in the Old Testament. And all you do is see tongues and interpretation in the ministry of Jesus. Because speaking with other tongues and interpretation is distinctive of the Holy Ghost dispensation, which is the church age now. It began really the Holy Ghost dispensation when he was poured out freely began on the day of Pentecost, of course. And so you can see in the ministry of Jesus those seven manifestations of the Spirit, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning spirits, gift of special faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings, and prophecy. But yet, you see, the, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, the Scripture said, as the Spirit wills. You see, evidently the Spirit told him only to deal with that one man. Now, when it comes to manifestations of the Spirit, or even demonstrations of the Spirit, in the days of Jesus and the days of the apostles, and today you can see, if you watch it, that it only works for a few. Well, thank God for those things. I don't know why they work that way. They just do. Only God knows. But yet, you see, you need to see this, that that's not the only way that Jesus ministered to people. I mean, ministered healing to them. You see, the Word of God said that Jesus went around about their villages, throughout all of their villages, teaching in their synagogues. First thing he did was taught. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Then healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. All kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. You see, under the ministry of Jesus, it said, you see, all of us might not and may not and some may never minister with any kind of manifestation of the Spirit because that is as the Spirit wills, not as I will. You know, you can't produce it yourself. That's quite obvious. Are you following me? But you see, Jesus said, the works that I do shall ye do also. So how are you going to do them then? Notice this also while we're on the subject. Notice that verse again there that we looked at a number of times in Mark, the 6th chapter, the 5th verse, about the ministry of Jesus. Because the works that I do, shall so you do also. In his hometown of Nazareth, Mark 6, 5 said, and he could there do no mighty work. I notice he didn't say he wouldn't, said he could. Well, now why couldn't? In other words, here's another way to say that. In his hometown of Nazareth, he never had any manifestation of the Spirit. Now, Jesus can't produce a manifestation of the Spirit. Somebody said, well, why can't he? He's the Son of God. Well, because the Bible tells us when he came into this world, he stripped himself of his mighty power and glory. Another translation said he laid it aside. That's the reason he had to be anointed by the Spirit of God, because he had laid aside all of his power and all of his glory and was born as a human being. See, and that's the reason for uh, all the first 30 years of his life. He never healed anybody, worked any miracles all those years. Not a one, not a one, not one single one. Yet he was the son of God all those years. It was after that he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power that he began to heal the sick and work miracles, wasn't it? Wasn't it? You see? All right then. 
So there in Mark 6, 5, it says, and he could there do no mighty work. It didn't say Jesus wouldn't, he couldn't. I remember the first time that came to me, you can read the Bible and read the Bible and never really see what's in there. Unless the Spirit of God brings it to your attention. You know, I prided myself. And I just quit after I saw I was ignorant. <laughs> you know, reading the New Testament through 150 times. And portion of it more than that, you see. And then the Spirit of God, or by revelation, either by the Spirit of God or, or Jesus on this occasion, spoke to me. You know, I, I was quite uh, downcast, not discouraged. I've never been discouraged in my life. Because I, after that the Lord had appeared to me there in 1950 in that first vision for nine months, up till May, see that was first part of September 1950, up till May of 1951, I just had phenomenal success at getting people healed. One meeting, 90% of the people that we laid hands on was healed. 90, think about that. Nine out of 10 got healed, every one of them. And, and ordinarily, 50 or 60%, that was, a, that was just a common percentage. Well, really around, nobody else having that kind of success. And so here I come to this particular church, and they wasn't one out of 10 getting healed, about 10%. About 10%. Well, I began to fast and pray about that because I'd been having for those nine months such such phenomenal success until I just, you know, I, I, I began to pray and fast and pray. Lord, what's wrong here? And by the Holy Spirit, you see, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, now, uh, there's no use you being upset. At least you're doing as well here as I did in my own hometown. Amen. I mean, he said the servant's not above his master. Well, I said, what are you, I didn't know what he's talking about. You know, I mean, you know, he, he read the New Testament to 150 times. You know, he said, well, just like I said, I could in my own hometown do no mighty work. Well, I argued with him about that, you know, because that, that upset my theology. It's amazing how Jesus will upset people's theology. It's amazing how the New Testament will upset so much church theology. Religious thinking. He said, just like it said in Mark 6, 5, I looked that up to be sure that was in there, and I'd read New Testament through one fifth time. You know, in a way, you sort of, you remember, something like that is in there, all right. There's something like that there. And he said, that's the way Jesus said to me, I could there do no mighty work. Didn't say I wouldn't, said I couldn't. Didn't say I wouldn't, said I couldn't. Now, here's the way Jesus played me. He said, I didn't have any manifestation. It said no mighty work. I had no manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit there. And so I couldn't produce it unless the Holy Ghost was there to manifest himself. However, he said, I did get a few people healed by laying on hands. And you know, that's what it said. He could there do no mighty work. Save you laid his hands on. You read it there. Save you laid his hands on a few sick folk. And then the Lord said to me, you see, the few that did get healed didn't have much wrong with them. I looked that up, you know, in the concordance, actually, uh, W.E. Vines, Expository Dictionary, New Testament Word. And the Greek actually says he laid his hands on a few people with minor ailments. So under the ministry of Jesus in his hometown of Nazareth, there's only a few that got healed and a few that did get healed didn't have much wrong with them. They only had minor ailments. 
Now, here's what I want to get to, see. Well, why? Why, why? why didn't he? Well, you see, if the manifestation of the Spirit is there, glory to God for it, let's just go ahead and yield to it. But I can't produce it. Jesus couldn't produce it. It is as the Spirit wills. That's the reason we have to pray for those things. See what I mean? You see, if we could just do it ourselves, if any preacher anywhere could just carry gifts of the Spirit around his pocket, you know, and just use them when he wanted to, he wouldn't have to pray, would he? Would he? No. No, just do away entirely with his prayer life. He wouldn't have to pray at all. But that's the reason you have to pray. And then if you had any experience at all, if you've ever been used in any of these gifts, you'll know this, the more you will pray and the more you're able to isolate yourself and give yourself to the Lord, the, the more manifestation you'll have. Now, that's the reason that I always, when I was on the field in field ministry, had more manifestation of those things because I could give a certain amount of the day, hours actually, of just shutting myself in with the Lord, you see, waiting on Him. And when I did, then I had more manifestation. Now, when I'm around here, I have things to do in the office and so on and so forth. And, you know, that's the reason we'll have a limited. Are you following me? But now then, Jesus here had no manifestation. What if you don't have any manifestations of the Spirit, which you may not? You may not. I can't tell you whether you will or whether you won't. Because, see, the Bible said, Paul writing to the church. Now, remember, he's not writing a letter to John Smith, a member of the church at Corinth. He's not writing a letter to Susie Jones or Mary Jones, a member of the church at Corinth. He's writing a letter to the whole church, isn't he? Isn't he? Now he says, for to one is given the word of wisdom. To another, see he didn't say to the same one. To another, the word of knowledge. To another, see, to another, see, as the spirit wills. Our, our thinking has been fuzzy. Is that a good word? In this area, gifts of the spirit has really been a detriment to us. But when we can really see what the Bible said, then we can wait on God, hallelujah, but now, what if there isn't any manifestation? What are you going to do? Well, what did Jesus do? Praise God, what did he do? Let's, let's look again there in Mark 6. You got your Bible open there, Mark 6, 5. He could there do no mighty work, save he laid his hands on a few, few, few. Like I said, the Greek says, laid his hands on a few folk with minor ailments. Well, now, first, why could he there do no mighty work? All right, the beginning of the sixth verse says what? Somebody tell me. What? And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then you see, if he's going to help them, what's he going to have to do? He's going to have to do something about their unbelief, isn't he? Well, how are you going to help people's unbelief? Well, how did he help it? What did he do? What does it say? He went around about the villages teaching, teaching, teaching. You remember what the Bible said later on? Paul said, so then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now you see, like from the fifth chapter of John, which is an illustration or a demonstration of the sovereignty of God, and Jesus ministering to the one man is an illustration of manifestation of the Spirit. 
word of knowledge first. He knew that the man had been that way. How did he know it? By the Spirit of God. He knew the man had been that way for a long time, he said. And then gifts of healing was manifested to him. Why didn't he tell all of them to get up and take off? Because evidently the Spirit didn't tell him to. Are you following me? Now, for instance, right here in the state of Oklahoma, in another part of the state, in the same church, same church, same group of people. I'll illustrate this for you, what I'm talking about now. Same group of people. Now, not the same night, but on different nights, but same church, same group of people. You know what I mean? Just like, for instance, we'd say right here in healing school. Now, not, not this happened, didn't happen the same day, but it happened here. Be the same thing, wouldn't it? See? All right, same people, same church building, same church people, you know, primarily. Might have been somebody else there and so on, but same church, same people, so on. Now, here I was preaching. And there was a fellow. We hadn't had anybody there on the stretcher. And there was a fellow lying on the stretcher. And just as I came to the close of my sermon, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, I say, how did it come? Now you see, the Lord will speak to every Christian in that still small voice here and here, you know. That's the way he talks to every Christian. But you see, in the Old Testament, you ever notice the prophet would say, you know, he'd say, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, you know, again and again, he'd say that. It, that, that comes a little different. It's, it's almost like somebody talking to you. Sometimes it'll come like somebody speaking right over your shoulder almost. And, and, and it, it seems to come out here somewhere. But into your spirit, not necessarily into your head or your mind. It, it's different. It, it's, it's more powerful than that still small voice that speaks to you, you see. And sometimes it is on the inside of you, but it's like a voice spoke up in there, you see. And, and so the word of the Lord came unto me saying, to minister to that fellow, don't touch him, don't pray for him. Tell the congregation ahead of time you're going to speak to him, tell him get up and walk, and he's going to get up and walk off heel right there in front of everybody. And he did. He did. I said, he did. Now, here's what I'm saying to you, though. Here in that same meeting, here's a woman they bring in that's not lying on a stretcher. This man couldn't walk because he's bed fast, been bed fast for months, and, and was dying. He's too weak. He can't get up. Now, the woman can't walk because she's crippled. And doctors said that she'll never walk again. Best doctors in the state of Oklahoma. Specialists said she'll never walk again. Never, 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 never. Well, when I deal with people individually, I always stop and put up my spiritual antenna. You know what I mean by that? Let's say put up my spiritual antenna. Well, did you ever, did you ever, you ever, you know, uh, you know, way on back counter. Now, nowadays, you know, on cars, a lot of times we've got an electric motor to raise your antenna up. Some cars, you know, the antenna's up, you know. Well, used to, you know, we used to have to, if you're going to raise them, I had to raise them by hand. When it first started out with them, you know, you just have to get a hold of the thing, pull it up, you know. Isn't that right? Well, that's what I do on the inside of me. I put up my spiritual antenna. I start reaching from the inside. Me kesh, toko, da dollar, from every end of the sister, kalama, and one way to put up your spiritual antenna is to pray in the spirit, speak with tongue, pray, talk to the Father. Because you see, it's written in the Holy Word. He that speaketh unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. And another way to put up your antenna is just simply 
by an act of faith on the inside of you reach up toward heaven. Hallelujah. And because you reach out with your spirit, the Father God who is a spirit, even the Father of spirits, will respond unto your spirit. No, he is not a man. So he does not respond unto the call of the flesh. No, he is not a mind. So he does not respond unto your intellect. And you see, that's where so many have missed it. They've tried to feel something. Oh, if I could just feel God. Oh, if I could just feel him. They've tried to reach him with their minds. But if they'd crucify the flesh and renew the mind and get it quiet, their spirit would reach out unto him, the Holy Eternal Spirit, the Holy One. And he would respond unto their spirits. That's what I said in tongues. Hallelujah. That's the interpretation thereof. Now, that's the reason sometimes when the kiss to prophetic is going to the Brembekelishistikalasuka Bakaya. That's all in every engine stall prophet. He's a more devi, a chapate, semini canto, elishko. Hallelujah. That's a reason sometimes, even in ministering to people, that you'll speak unto the Father. Well, someone said, I didn't understand what they said. They weren't speaking to you anyway. But your spirit in contact with the Father of spirits, and sometimes he will bring revelation unto your spirit just how to deal with that case. Now, that's what I said in tongues, and I was about to say it, out of my own spirit, not just out of my own thinking. That, uh, that, that's the reason sometimes I, in ministering, will, 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 will stop and talk in tongues sometimes. Because you see, I have twofold purpose in mind. Sometimes I'm, I'm putting up my spiritual antenna sometimes. Sometimes I'm talking to the Father about that person. I don't want everybody in the crowd to know what I'm saying about them. I could say it sometimes in English, but you see, and, and I might do it if, if there were just the two of us there. And so that's the reason in, in dealing with people that even in my healing lines a lot of times, so I'll stop and pray in tongues or talk to God. Hallelujah to Jesus. And these areas here that we know so little about, I'm speaking by the Spirit and I didn't come out of my head, I'm speaking by prophecy now. There are areas here in this area that I'm speaking about that we know so little about because there's so few of us that's been in those holy places. <laughs> but as we develop in spirit, and spiritual things become more real to us. And we leave the intellectual behind and move out into the realm of the spirit. Then those things will become more real to you and you'll understand and you'll know well, that devil, he's a liar. That's the only thing that's wrong with you. Both of you come up here right now. You two right back there. You, brother. Right back there. Amen. Praise God. No, no, this, this man and lady sitting right here. There's the blue something on here and the man with the western tie. Yeah, you, you, you. Come up here. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, you see, I got over there in that realm beyond the mental into the spirit, and I, in the spirit realm, and I saw this and heard this. This is plain something I talked to him. Nothing in the world wrong with you. Nothing in the world wrong with you. Only a spirit of deception that came to deceive you. Nothing in the world wrong with you. Not a thing in the world wrong with either one of you. Just a spirit of deception that came. 
to torment you. And because you've listened to some degree, he has tormented you and caused you no untold trouble. But he's a liar. You hear me? Yes. Look at me. He's a liar. Yes, so you're not going to listen to him anymore. Oh, the anointing, the power of God's come now. Hallelujah. Satan, take your hand off of God's property. Leave these folks alone in the name. The name, the name of Jesus. Well, he's given you the most trouble. <laughs> and he's hanging in there tough with you, but he's got to go. Yeah, and he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, that's what I mean about putting up my spiritual antenna. See if he is saying it. Oh, Saboke Bedink in this decade. Come here, boy. Come here. This old boy playing the piano. Hallelujah. Now, there's no use you worrying about the future and what am I going to do. <laughs> Look at me. Yes. God's got it all planned out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you trust in him and know you can't see it. Know it's so and rejoice and be glad and it'll all come to pass and you'll be glad about it. Now that's what I mean about putting up the spiritual antenna. Now bow your head a minute. I don't want to deal with some people here individually because if several needs this and it'll just help the several of you and you can take hold of it by faith and, and really if I could get a little personal here, but I'm not going to. Uh, you, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. Now, now, now you see, all oh, the test, the test, the test, the test, the trial. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've come through a hard place. I'm not talking about a physical condition. Now, I'm talking about the enemy assaying you and the enemy coming against you, your life, your mind, your marriage, and, and a lot of personal things in your life. And, and oh, yes, 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 yes. There has been a trying time. And you've thought at times, I'll just throw up my hand. Well, the devil tried to get you to do it, but you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. But here's what the Spirit of God is saying. The worst is behind you. <laughs> and like a person coming out of the woods. Look ahead of you. You see the light? You're coming out. You're coming out. You're coming out. Walk on with me, saith the Lord of hosts, and you'll walk out of the darkness into the light, and things will abruptly change. For those foul spirits that on occasion have worked through others close to you to harass, to intimidate, to hold back, will cease in their maneuvers and in their operations. And you will walk in the way of victory. Have no fear about your companion. They will respond under the spirit of God and crucify the flesh and renew the mind. And things will be much better, much better. The year of head will be a year of blessing. The days of head will be as days of heaven upon earth. You will rejoice and be glad. Somebody said, who's that for? If you need it, it's yours. If you don't need it, rejoice with them that do need it. <laughs> For the Lord has spoken. Hallelujah to God. 
That's what I mean about putting up the spiritual antenna. <laughs> Hallelujah to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be his holy name. Blessed be his holy name. Well, now, what are we going to do, though, if the Spirit didn't say anything? Well, now, don't try to make him say something. You can't force God into anything. Are you listening to me? That's when you get into the area then where the devil will accommodate you. You'll get into trouble. Amen. What are you going to do? How are you going to help people? Well, this same meeting I was talking about, here was a manifestation of the Spirit. Here was a person on a stretcher that got right up. I stood on the platform, never touched him, never prayed for him. Similar to what Jesus did here. Just simply said, rise, except I didn't tell them to take up their bed and walk. The, 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 the folks who brought him in could do that. They brought him in the ambulance. Besides that, the stretcher belongs to the, to the ambulance and the funeral home. Just rise and walk, and they rose and walked and was healed. Right in front of everybody. Now here's this woman, crippled, crippled. What are you going to do? Well, I put up my spirit. That's where we were, you remember. Put up my spiritual and put up my spiritual antenna. Hallelujah to Jesus. Spiritual antenna. To see if he's going to say anything. Never said a word. Never said a word. Never said a word. Well, now, did he love the man more than he did the woman? No. Well, how come he said something about the man, didn't say something about the woman? I don't know. It didn't any of my business. I'm not God. I think that's where a lot of good people miss it. They get under technicalities and get all tied up with technicalities and miss the spirit. Are you listening to me? I think a lot of folks sort of like there in the Old Testament. You remember when through the prophet, the axe iron head, you know, the, the axe head iron floated a lot of people instead of rejoicing in the mirror, glory to God. Well, now how come that's the only one that floated? <laughs> you know, there's other axe heads probably in the water somewhere besides that. Well, how come they all didn't float? And I think if the devil can sidetrack you some way or another, get you to thinking about something else, instead of rejoicing in the miracle, you'll miss it. Are you following me? I said, are you following me? I just don't touch those things, not even in thought life. That isn't any of my business. I'm not running the show, are you? Are you the head of the church? The, no, I'm not. The Lord Jesus Christ is. Well, quit trying to be the head then. Don't shout me down now just because I'm preaching real good. Let's just let him be the head. If he says minister to the man that way, then let's minister to him that way. If he doesn't say anything about this woman, well, bless God, just don't try to manufacture something. What are you going to do, though? How are you going to help them then? Well, how did Je what did Jesus do when he didn't have the manifestation of the Spirit? He began to teach the people. Hallelujah. Are you following me? He taught the people. See, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Well, what am I going to do then? Here's the Spirit of God manifest himself through me. Here I never prayed, never laid my hand on the man, just did what the Spirit said, and he walked off of his stretcher, healed right in front of hundreds of people right here in the state of Oklahoma. I don't have a word on this dear woman. Never felt so dead, never felt so listless, never felt so dry, never felt so incompetent, never felt so 
I don't know. This <laughs> is, you know what I mean? Helpless almost. You know, when the anointing's there, oh, my, 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 boy, you just feel like you can run through a troop and jump over a wall. But don't try to run over the troop or run through the troop or jump over the wall. Either one, the anointing ain't there, boy. Because it's just you doing it. You'll just run into the wall and that'll be it. <laughs> you won't jump over any wall and you won't run through any troop. And I think that's what happens a lot of times, you know. Folks get up and say, what happened? Well, the wall knocked you down. It's still there. You didn't jump over it. The anointing's not there. So if the anointing's not there, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Well, what are you going to do? What am I going to do? I never felt so listless, never felt so helpless. Here's this dear woman. Well, how are you going to help her? Oh, thank God for the holy written word of God. The entrance of his words giveth light. Now, that can have a twofold application. You see, these are his words here. And from these words in us, they give us light. But yet, what the Spirit says to our spirit, those words enlighten us, don't they? They give light. They give light. They give light. They give light. The devil's a liar. I said the devil's a liar. Well, you all know that. But some of us are going to have to get bold enough to tell the devil that. Quit listening to it. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Went around about their villages teaching, teaching. So what am I going to do? I feel dry. I feel listless. I feel helpless. Don't have any anointing right now on me. It's not there in manifestation. What am I going to do? Well, I just took my Bible and opened it and said, here's what the word says. Did you know you're healed, sister? Well, she said, the doctor said in Oklahoma City there that I never walk again long as day I live. Best asbestos in the state. Four years I've been tied to my chair. Haven't taken a step. Helpless. Can't get out of bed. Can't get in bed. I live with my son. He takes me out of bed. Before he goes to work, puts me in my chair. Now I can't use my arm. So he's tied from the ceiling in my room, you know, a, a, a bar hangs down from the ceiling. She can get a hold of that bar, you see. And then her daughter-in-law, who's, and by the woman sitting around, no exercise, she's grown quite large, you see. And the daughter-in-law couldn't handle her, but by her lifting herself, you see, she could change her position. Otherwise, she can't even change her position in the chair. Now, she knows what the doctor said. She can see that bar, you know, hanging down from the ceiling. You know what I mean? Like you'd chin yourself on, you know. She uh, can see those helpless limbs there in front of her. But I know if you're going to help her, you've got to get her eyes off the doctors and off of what they said. And off of her helpless limbs. And off of her problem. See, that's some of your folk problem. You keep, you keep looking at your problem all the time. Well, what are you going to get her eyes on? The Word. The Word. How are you going to do that? By teaching her what the Word said. By showing her in the Bible what the Word says. Did you know you're healed? I did that to get her attention. She looked at you, know, like you thought, oh, you must be stupid. Can't you see I'm still sitting here crippled like that fellow sitting in that chair? Say to him, did you know you're healed? I said, oh, Hannah. <laughs> what insane asylum did you get out of? Almost, that's the look they got on their face. Yeah, you're healed. 
See, that's what you've got to do. You've got to teach people that they are healed. Not going to be someday. Not maybe so. Not if you get good enough or we pray loud enough and holler loud enough. No, according to the teaching of the Holy Writ, the Word of God, you are healed. You are. Well, yeah, but I know I'm not. Well, now you're not going to be able to take sides against the Bible and get Bible results. You're going to have to side in with the Bible. Yeah, I said you're healed. You are healed. You're these knees, these helpless limbs that cannot carry your weight for four years have not carried your weight. The, 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 the doctors say we'll never carry your weight. You'll go to your grave, the doctor said from this chariot. He's 72 years old then. And yet the Bible said you're healed. And I'll just prove it to you. I just put my Bible in her lap and had her to read 1 Peter 2, 24, among other scriptures. Matthew 8, 17. Isaiah 53, 4. 1 Peter 2, 24. Concluded that by whose stripes you were healed. He is were past tense, future tense, or present tense. Past tense. She looked at me startled. Why, well, she said, if, if we were healed, I was, wasn't I? I said, that's what I told you, you're healed. Now, that's what I want you to believe. Well, I've had people to say, though, now, see, she listened to the teaching. Others I wasn't so successful with, but am I going to quit teaching because I wasn't so successful? No, no, no. No, a thousand times no. See, every one of us can do this. I said, every one of us can get people healed this way. Do you ever stop thinking about that? That's the primary way Jesus got people healed. Now, you read, you know, last summer we studied we studied every single individual case of healing. Like, like this man here, we studied about him. The fifth chapter of John, see, at the pool of Bethesda. We studied 19 cases. You think there are more than that in there, but because, you know, some of the writers, now John's the only one that mentions this one. But some of them, Matthew, Mark, and Luke mention, but it's just one incident. Like the woman with issue of blood, Matthew, Mark, and Luke record the same incident, but she is just one. You see, you read and you think there's a whole lot more is because, you see, if, if the 19 were recorded as many as three times, well, you'd have three times 19. You see what I mean? That'd be 50 somebody. You'd think, well, that's 50 somebody individual case. But no, there's only 19 case. individual cases that's recorded. I know there's more than that healed. The Bible said so. But yet there's only 19. The Holy Ghost saw fit to only record 19 of the individual cases of healing. The individuals, you see. And 12 out of the 19 were not healed by a gift of the Spirit or manifestation of the Spirit like this man at Bethesda. They were healed on their own faith. They were healed by their own faith. 12 out of the 19, think about it. The majority of them, it's plainly states. Some of the others it infers. But the majority of them, it plainly states, your faith did it. Your faith. Well, now, how did those people get faith? See, if it's if, if ever, you know, if they just automatically had faith, then everybody has faith, then everybody could have been healed. No, no, they, they got it by what they heard. That's the reason Jesus taught. That's the main way. So then, well, I know we all like it. I like it. Don't you like that manifestation of the Spirit? Didn't you like that a while ago? You felt that, didn't you? 
You felt something of that same anointing that came on me, didn't you? You could feel it. Sure, sure. And you, we like that. Oh, yes, I'd like to be used more. I'd like to maybe never been used, but I'd like to be used. Well, forget about that and start using what you have. See, I taught people before I ever had any kind of manifestation. I taught people for years. And you'll probably have to, too. But see, you want to start off where somebody else is now. No, I taught people for years. Never had any kind of manifestation. Never felt anything. But just got people healed like Jesus mainly did. Just by teaching them. Just by teaching them. Just by teaching them. Just by teaching them. Well, did you get them all healed? No, and he didn't either. We just got through reading and he could there do no mighty work save he laid his hands on a few. A few. A few. So in his hometown of Nazareth, he got a few folks healed, didn't he? I said, didn't he? I said, didn't he? Praise God. Now, what am I trying to get over to you right now? Well, time's up. We'll have to, uh, you know, I think I ought to talk about this some more. Don't think I got through here. I think I got some more down in here somewhere. Don't know what all it is, but it's in there. I can, I can, I can sense it right in here. The only way to get it out is teach it out. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm trying to get over to you that the Word of God always works. <laughs> some of these other things may or may not. The angel may come down and trouble the water. God may move in his sovereignty and heal one here or one there occasionally. You may just walk up to someone once in a while and say, you know, take up your bed and walk. And thank God for all of those things. But the word of God and faith in the word never fails. Never fails. Never fails. Always works. God's word works. Doesn't it? I said, doesn't it? Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall never pass away. They won't do it. They won't do it. The Bible said in the psalm, the psalmist said, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. Margin said, established (laughs) in heaven. Peter said, In his first epistle, all flesh is as grass. And the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. Hallelujah. In Jeremiah 1.12, God said through Jeremiah the prophet, or Jeremiah said, speak it by the Spirit of God, either way you want to say it. God said, I watch over my word to perform it. That's the margin of reading the King James translation. Actually, the King James translation read, I, I hasten my word to perform it. But this very Bible I'm preaching out of, which is King James translation, in the margin it says, the Hebrew said, God said, I watch over. Well, if he hastened his word, that means, you know, hasten means to be quick, to hurry, doesn't it? If he hastened his word, to make it good, he'd have to be watching over it, wouldn't he? Amen. Isn't that right? Amen. If you were quick to make your word good, you'd have to know what you said to make it good, wouldn't you? You couldn't forget what you said and make it good. You couldn't just go around speaking things you didn't mean. Somebody said, well, you said you'd make it good. Well, did I say that? No, my friend, God said, I watch over my word. I hasten my word to perform it. To perform it. That's the reason when that little woman, and I tell you about crippled, especially said she'll never walk again. When she said, well, yes, that's right. That's what his word said. We were healed. If we were, I was, 
I said, that's it, that's it. And if I was, then I am. I said, that's it, that's what I want you to believe. Now praise God because you are healed. And God hastened his word to perform it. It wasn't but just a few moments. I don't suppose over 30 seconds maybe. I didn't time it. But I'm sure it wasn't even a minute until that crippled woman was just dancing all over the front of the church and jumping. Hallelujah. And somebody went off and told a lie on me. They said, you know, that fellow Hagen healed a crippled woman over there last night. Never had a thing in the world to do with it. I mean, from the standpoint of me performing the healing, I did have something to do with it. I pointed out the scripture to her. Jesus healed her nearly 2,000 years ago. She just found out about it last night. Jesus healed you nearly 2,000 years ago. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Himself took your infirmities and bare your sicknesses. By whose stripes you were healed. Glory to God. Let's stand up and praise God because I am healed. Let's praise God because you are healed. Let's praise God because we were healed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> oh, we rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. In your mercy, I am healed. Glory to God. That concludes this message. For more information about Kenneth Hagen Ministries, call 1-888-283-2484 or visit our website at www.rhema.org or write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, Post Office Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150-0126. And in Canada, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, Post Office Box 335, Station D, Etobicoke, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, M9A4X3.